holy crap, a neighbor just called me. Someone is throwing a party at my Airbnb. How in the world do I get them out? Actually, how do I just avoid this from ever happening again? We're going to learn that right now from the Thanks for Visiting girls, Sarah and Annette, on this Fearless Investor podcast. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain. You have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, welcome in everyone to the Fearless Investor Podcast. Thanks for visiting us today, and thanks for joining us to listen to the Thanks for Visiting podcast girls, Sarah and Annette, they have an amazing podcast that you can go download, start uh, subscribing, listening to, and they're helping us to be better operators. And this is so key because it's our responsibility to be the best neighbors, the best operators, the best everything when it comes to being a host on Airbnb and short-term rentals, because that's how we keep the integrity of this business alive. Yes, you can throw your place up on Airbnb and start making money, but are you accepting the right people? Are you setting the right expectations? Are you keeping the bad guests out? And if you're not, then that's where it starts to be an issue in the city. So in terms of being the best operators, that's what we're going to learn about today. But speaking of that, are you using price labs? Are you the best price? Are you the best occupied in your market? And if you're not, it's probably because you're not using price labs. And all you have to do to get your free 30-day trial started is go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs. And you can get that trial started along with an onboarding training from our good friends over at Price Labs. This is dynamic pricing. It is taking supply and demand, putting it into a formula and saying, here's what your place should be priced at based on the market occupancy and based on the market rates. It's as easy as that. And it is a amazing tool that helped me to start producing an extra 15 to 20% of revenue along with better occupancy rates as well. So go get it started right now at fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs for your free 30 day trial along with an onboarding training. Now let's get to it with Sarah and Annette for the thanks for visiting podcast girls. They're going to help us be better operators and help us avoid nightmare on Elm street situations. Those of you on Airbnb Masterminds, really excited to have Sarah Karakayan. Oh, I, I had it. I had it. I told you you didn't have to do it. You know, it's Sarah Karakayan. Karakayan. Gosh, I've never heard that last name before. So we, we've known each other. I just never have said your last name. So all good. No worries. <laughs> Sarah Karakayan and Annette Grant for the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Uh, really excited to be talking today about how to avoid nightmare on Elm Street situations. Going. Why is that going? There we go. Um, really excited to talk about some of those situations. Excited to talk about your journeys to becoming short-term rental hosts. And honestly, uh, really, really just excited for everyone to hear how you're helping operators be better operators too. Like that's what it's all about. That's how we build a better community of Airbnbers and short-term rental hosts out there. So uh, Sarah, Annette, I know you both have two awesome stories set up here. What is your craziest Airbnb or short-term rental stories? Let's start with Annette. 
Oh, okay. Mine is just, I'm going to say it's more weird. Um, I actually had a horror film director uh, that we were having a um, festival here, stayed in my place for quite some time. Um, I think like a two week stay. And when I went in after to clean it, it was actually my personal home. Yeah. He had left a different pair of black underwear on the bathroom floor for every night that he had stayed. And he left them all there for me. And so I just thought that was very interesting. I don't know if he was like, I only wear one pair of underwear and then I never wear them again, but there was a um, plethora of black underwear left on my bathroom floor. And those, that, that was something that made you say, hmm. so I had to get some sort of like grabber, you know, to collect all of them. I actually still think I probably have a, a, a picture of it on my camera roll. <laughs> you sure it wasn't like a Hansel and Gretel kind of situation. Maybe he was just getting lost in the house. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was a, it was a pretty, t- you know, small area. It was, it was a large bathroom. I will tell you that I, maybe he got confused getting out of the bathroom, but yeah, I was like, it was just interesting. I've never, and everything else was like left perfect. That was also why it was like super interesting. Like it was almost like no one had even stayed. There was just all of the black underwear left on the ground. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> so a new one. that's a new yeah. one. All right, Sarah, how about yourself? I had just hired my first team member and I was like, cool, I'm gonna get some time back. I was doing consultations at the time. And I remember messaging my team member and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this. What I'm doing, I, I'm gonna be off the, I can't talk for the next hour or two. You're going to be great. It was like day two or three. I get back on after the consultation. I'm like, Hey, how's the thing going? I see a slew of messages from her. There was um, a guest who had uh, a bullet, multiple oh. bullets go through the home. Um, and she was, and she had just reported it that morning. Like she was terrified. Didn't want to leave her bed to let us know what had happened. Um, and so th- that's a whole other story, but yeah, just some an, a friendly gunfight. <laughs> outside, yeah. Like a block away. It was like ricochet shots through the ha- Like, so it wasn't even nothing like, to do with the guest. No, not, not even anything to do like with the direct neighbors. It was no. like further down the road, but it was, it was like crazy how they had ricocheted off of other homes through into. the kitchen, through the staircase. And she was by herself. Her, her boyfriend was a professional hockey player and he had, he was away. Um, just, you know, I was gone for an hour and <laughs> so, <laughs> I just hired a team member. Yeah. Literally had en- th- these bullets had entered the house. Oh yeah. Oh yes. my gosh. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It was terrifying. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you weren't scared about doing short-term rentals, now you are. So <laughs> you just that lost was a so bunch of like, yes, we're let low. <laughs> and honestly, no one, we, we can, no one was hurt. La- no one was even hurt in the stray bullets either. Just so you know, it was kind of like an interesting whole thing that, that happened there. So, well, but still, but yeah, still it happened. You asked for one. (laughs) All right. So already we're titled avoid nightmare on Elm street, top tips for protecting your SCR. And we've already got a horror story, uh, story and then bullets. So yeah, this, this, we're going to, let's get into protection mode. (laughs) Yeah. We had a kind of, sounds better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, those of you that are joining us live host your questions. Uh, these two are, are big in the podcasting realm of Airbnb and short-term rentals with the thanks for visiting podcasts. If you are not already listening to it, go subscribe, leave your five-star reviews. You can do that for the Fearless Investor podcast too, if you want, but definitely go and do that for the thanks for visiting podcast. Sarah and Annette, let's let's kind of get to the bottom of your stories. Uh, you did not know each other before short-term rentals, which is super cool. And now you're doing all these things together. You got a podcast, you got properties together, you own properties together and separately. Um, just take me back to, let's hear the individual stories first. 
right, lead me right up to deciding to get into short-term rentals. What did life look like before? Oh, all right. Let's do this. So, uh, I was, uh, working, I worked for about my career, about 20 years prior, starting in short-term rentals, but I was, I was an operator of small businesses. I would come in and take them, um, from about, you know, under 1 million to five to 10 million. That's kind of like my sweet spot to, to help them. I would hire the team. I would do the bookkeeping. I would do marketing. I would kind of like set them all up. And, um, I did that for a a residential house painting company that ended up franchising and then getting bought out by a larger franchise and got a lot, I'd say my, just so much work there in small business and learning how to grow something. And then I parlayed that into a apparel brand that we were e-commerce and retail. And I helped literally started with the owner of that in his parents' basement. And they'll probably do about 20 million in sales this year. And actually both of those companies have sold. Um, but I will say that I got quit from, from one of them, AKA fired. And it was the best thing that ever happened because I was an employee and an equity owner. So it ended up working out for me. I wanted to get quit. Um, I had great attorneys, but I was really like, wait, what's next. I'd been going to an office, you know, for 20 years, like my job at that point, like I could not, not, I couldn't get anything done if I wasn't there physically, you know, I was, um, was working with my teams, you know, it was very laborious works when it was the house painting that was dictated by weather. Then when I moved over to apparel, we were shipping out physical products. So I just ever, I had to be there all the time. And I was like, I've got to get out of this. And so I didn't know what was next. And I wanted to become a part of the sharing economy. And at that point I was like, I don't really want to be an Uber driver, but I'm, you know, what's this Airbnb stuff. And we're in Columbus, Ohio. So it's like, oh, I don't, is this, what's going to work sharing economy. But I have a friend who's a real estate developer and he had actually a thousand plus apartments. And he had a few that were like on the market for a while. And I was like, Hey, let's do some short-term rentals. And he was like, yeah. Annette, that's cool. I think he really wanted to hire me to work for him. But I was like, look, I'm never going to work for anyone again. I wanted to be work for myself. Um, and so he was like, my team is dialed in on how we do this long-term stuff. If you want to start one short-term, let's do it. And I was like, that was going to be my money to help me just figure out what was next. We did one. He was like, Hey, you want to do another one, do another one, do another one. And so I, you know, we kept doing more and it was, came to me one day. I'm like, wait, I didn't know what my next step was, but I'm like, everybody's asking me friends, family, relatives. They were all asking me about Airbnb. And I was like, wait a second is this thing that was supposed to be my side hustle while I figured out the next thing, my next thing. And so I had a light bulb moment there and I'll let Sarah, Sarah pick up her past. And then I'll tell you when that light bulb moment, how we came together. Well, isn't that funny too? Like I I remember a moment that I had with one of my mentors and I was at like 20 properties at the time. And I was like, yeah, I just need to get more flips. And he's like, why are you trying to do more flips? If like all these people want you to run it as an Airbnb. I was like, well, it's my side hustle. He's like, no, no, it's, it's your full-time thing now. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it kind mm-hmm. of is. So it's, it's funny when you have that transition. Um, I, I love that story and there's things that I want to point out of that, but I mm-hmm. want to hear Sarah's first. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's very different. I moved to New York city right out after college. I always knew that I wanted to be on Broadway. I wanted to sing, dance and act. And I did, I was a paid performer for 17 years and I went all over, I've gotten paid to sing and dance in every state in our amazing country. And I went to a lot of other countries and also performed in New York and I loved it. And it's all I ever wanted to do five, six, five years ago from right now, if you would have told me I'd be living in Columbus, Ohio, doing what I'm doing now, I would have thought you were crazy because (laughs) I was, I am a 
I am type A. Like I say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. Well, I also am an overachiever. And in 2010, my husband was like, Hey, you should read this book. And it was rich dad, poor dad. And I became obsessed with like, okay, as an actor, like I'm, that's very transactional. And like, there's a bit of a ceiling. I'm just part of the actor's union. And so I was like, how can I make some more money, you know, while I sleep? And I saw this little house in Queens, Astoria. And I was like, we're going to buy that. And Nick's like, how? And I was like, I want to figure it out. And so we went through some um, FHA financing and we bought this house. But the reason I loved it in 2010 was because there's a door going down to the basement in my mind, I really believe actors invented um, the short-term rental economy because when you're an actor, you there's a there's lots of Facebook pages called like Gypsy Housing, and okay. if you get a gig, if you're gonna go on tour, you need someone to take over your lease for a short amount of time, and so you get an actor to pay your rent for you, and they move their stuff in, then your dressers and all that, and they and they take over you know your monthly payments while you're on tour, and then when you come back, you're like cool, you're you know your sublet's over, and come back. So I saw that door down that basement as like my, my friends can, can rent that. For yeah. me. Okay. So, but at the same time, 2010, people started talking to this Airbnb platform and I got to thinking, as, you were, you were one of the first then. Wow. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. We did it before people, before like anyone else had like tested this out. And I remember, I'll never forget sitting on the, the arm of my couch in my living room in Queens, telling my husband that I wanted to give the key to our basement to strangers <laughs> <laughs> to sleep down there. I was like, we could three X what we're getting from our, from my friends yeah. to Airbnb downstairs. Hard. No. I was like, let's just, please, let's try it. So we locked off the basement from the rest of our home. So we didn't, it was kind of house hacking, but not really. Um, we renovated the whole thing. Also at the same time, Instagram was becoming a thing. And we shared this journey on Instagram and we found ourselves on an HGTV show for eight episodes, oh flipping, my a flipping a vacation rental. And, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to fix up. I want to add value to houses. And then I want to share it with people for nightly rate. Um, also as an actor between gigs, like I was unemployed sometimes. And I found myself working in hotels and restaurants and just serving because I was mm -hmm. pretty good at serving people. And so I just had a knack for systems. Like if you've ever worked in a restaurant or hotel, like the back of house operations, like you got to get the food from point A to point B and get that guest happy. I was building systems for our short-term rental because this is before podcasts or anything like that were around. And I just fell in love with it. And so we did that for about um, four or five years and decided to sell that home as an operating short-term rental. Uh, I think we bought it for like 475,000 and we sold it for about a million dollars wow. four years later. And we took those. And of course we didn't pay tax on that because my husband and I lived there. It was more than two years. And we took those proceeds and we moved to the Midwest after a tour on our, in our RV to see what market we wanted to invest in. Decided Columbus, Ohio is not landlocked in any way. We're in the middle of the state. We're a state capital. We have big hospitals. Um, we have a huge university here, the Ohio State University is here. And just a lot of um, uh, Fortune 500 companies are here. Yeah. So, and, and Cincinnati's pretty far, Cleveland's far, state lines are far. It's like, this is where we're going to be. And um, we started short-term renting here, but that's when Annette and I met and our city started like imposing some pretty harsh regulations. We're all about regulations. We think it weeds out the bad operator. We know it does, mm -hmm. but when you're impeding on our, you know, our right to um, own property, uh, I'm going to get involved. And so we went to the city council meeting and that's where Annette and I met. Yeah. We sat, um, I strategically 
place myself next to her because I was stalking her on Instagram, but we sat next to each other at the city council meeting. And it was just important that we be there because I will let you know, um, Airbnb host showed up at all of those meetings. There were several of them in our city. Airbnb hosts showed up in full force and those um, restrictions that they were going to put into place did not happen. So we a thousand percent know from participating that showing up matters. Um, So when you get those emails or you're in those Facebook groups, you need to attend these events. And sometimes it's before they're even going to take place. I had never been to a city council meeting before in my life, but I am so glad that I had, that I went because a, those um, restrictions did not come into place. And I met my future business partner there. So um, I just want to make sure that everybody listening, if if you get that notification, don't think it doesn't matter. It absolutely, it not only matters in your town, it matters for the whole entire industry. So please show up, please, please make sure you, you attend those. And if you guys have not already listened to it, if you just go to my YouTube channel or my podcast and look for the episode with Theron Lewis, um, Theron is huge on helping to literally strategize how to collaborate, how to bring people together, and then how to you know go in full force over to city council if it does get to that point. And just collaborating, though, I mean that that's the first thing about it, right? And you two, this is right. This is a good transition because this is right around the point that you two started to collaborate. Um, you meet each other at the city council meeting. How did it now turn in from just meeting to where you're doing a bunch of business together? Yeah, it was here. Here's what's so, uh, uh, an amazing thing from being a host. I always thought that I would be like really great friends with all my guests. Um, I'm a networker. I'm a people person. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be so cool. I'm going to be friends with all my guests. Never knowing that the hosting community is really where it's at. These are all of our people and hosting burnout is real. So you need to find friends. You need to find fellow hosts that you can connect with. You can talk about laundry with, you can talk about guest amenities. You can talk about early check-ins, late checkouts. And so Sarah and I would just spend hours once we met um, talking and we were like, wait, if we have these questions and if we are like trying to problem solve together, there has got to be that hundreds, if not thousands of tens of thousands of other hosts out there that, uh, that are having these same questions. And why don't we record these conversations mm. and include everyone? Because we do know how lonely it can get when you're a host, cause you're a host right. entrepreneur and it's not a lot of things that you can talk to, um, you know, your friends and family, or they just get sick of hearing about it. And we just want to talk about it all the time. So we started that pod, started the podcast and it took some time, but wow, we really started connecting with other hosts across the country. And we, we now have a, a paid membership and a YouTube channel it just keeps growing and growing, but we want to up-level what it means to be a host. Yes. Uh, and we know that's going to up-level the whole entire industry. This is a professional industry. And we know that we need to to get all of the voices. You know, we just had you on our show. We want to connect and just uh, bring bring that message to as many people as possible. That is, I mean, the, the mission behind that is really one that I think when we think about it, right, it was kind of like what we talked about on your podcast you think you you meet someone and you think competitor, right? That That's a host, that's a competitor. But what you've taken is the opportunity to collaborate and it really is gonna protect this industry to start teaching other hosts how to be better hosts. You know, the, the person who heard about Airbnb 
heard about short-term rentals and says, I've got a house. Let me just throw it on there and start accepting anyone into the house. And meanwhile, they're accepting locals with no reviews and no profile photo. And they're wondering why there was a giant party, you know, that, that one night on a Friday night, what a shock, you know, <laughs> but most people don't even think about that year one, year one of my business I'm sure you guys can look back to year one and think about, you know, all of the, the mistakes that you made, but year one of my business, I had no pre-qualification process. And with five properties in our first six months, we must've had close to 30 claims. And then year two, we learned this entire, like, you know, Hey, how do we pre-qualify? How do we look for the red flags? And I think we had like one claim per month for the next 12 months with like 10, then 15, then 20 properties. And, and I, I think that right there is the biggest impact that you both are already having um, on, on anyone that, that listens to your podcast is just how to be a better host and therefore less complaints in the city, which means less regulations, less issues. So thank you for that, that mission. What, what has been something along this way? Um, first of all, when did you start the podcast and what has been some of the more satisfying moments that you've had in trying to help operators here in the last, you know, however many years that you started the podcast where, where you've seen an actual impact happening? For sure. Yeah. Uh, we started three years ago. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So we're in our third year and we have so many amazing stories. Yeah. And a lot of them have to do with aha moments for mm -hmm. listeners yeah. of, um, and Sarah and I, I want to, this preface, this is we are, we are very focused on the operation side, our podcast and a lot of our content currently doesn't focus solely on acquisition. Cause there's a lot of information about that. So we feel like that's kind of the market is, you know, taken care of there. But so we focus more on, okay, after you've gotten that property, mm. but, um, the, the, le the, the stories about how, you know, we, this is a business. And I think people realizing like there is real money. Like, wait a second, this yeah. is life-changing money. This is career. Like we can change careers. They generational wealth. That's the type of stuff where they're like, wait, I thought this like hobby, you know, like, wait a second, this can replace our income. And so those stories about how people are getting their time back, how they're growing their real estate portfolios faster than they thought. And then like that, the hospitality, it's all those little stories. Uh, Sarah, Sarah and I call it elevated reciprocity. When we hear the hosts, when they tell us stories about someone getting engaged or a wedding or a family that hadn't gotten together in so many years. So there's all those other stories and how we, that trickle down can impact is, is kind of amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so why, why should it, it you know, I, I think the, the story of, of you two meeting and collaborating is really important. Why, why did you see each other as collaborators rather than competitors? It goes back, back to our personality types, just knowing thyself. I knew that I, acting's kind of lonely. And whenever mm -hmm. I went to a room to audition, like I'm next to like 10 other Sarahs. We, we, they look like me, they sound like me and we're up for the same job and there's one job. <laughs> so um, I was done make, having everyone around me be my competitor. And I just knew the power of collaboration. I mean, there are things, I mean, we, we've taken personality tests where I know how I fit into Annette's world and I know how to respect Annette and her work ethic. And she knows the same for me. And that opens up insane opportunities when we can share each other's um, strengths and connections. I mean, we are two X where we would be if we were by ourselves and it, we really believe that. And so even if it's not going into business with someone, sure. it's if you can get a coffee with someone and it's not just, if you have an abundance mindset, we talked about that when you were on our show, but 
my gosh, if you go into it with an open mind and like you don't know everything, because I am I've been doing this since 2010. And I went to the STR Wealth Conference and I picked up some things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there is always something to learn from someone else. And that having that open mindset is how how you do that. Yeah. For sure. That's good. That's really good. All right. Um, Claire, I see your question. Brooke, I see your question. We're going to get to those in a second. If you are listening live right now on Airbnb Masterminds, please post your questions for these two incredibly knowledgeable operators. We've been doing this for, let's see, you said Sarah almost 12 years, I guess, is where you would be. Um, mm-hmm. How about you, Annette? How long have you I'm been? I'm like 2017. I'm not, I'm not okay. as seasoned as okay. Sarah. What, this is one place she's older than me because I'm, I'm a lot older than her. <laughs> lot. So I can, lot older. I mean, I'm a little bit older. We'll, so we'll skirt that subject. Go ahead. The, 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 the meat of it is that you both have a ton of experience. So we there need we to go. take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, tell us, the, the title today is Avoiding Nightmare on Elm Street Situations, How to Protect Your, your Listings. Um, why do you think there are so many issues with, with, you know, the, the guest to host situation of, you know, I, I think me personally, I look at it in a lot of like landlords and, and, um, homeowners, they get scared about getting into it. And then they realize it's actually not as bad as they thought it would be. But then there's those stories that we hear out there of, you know, a, a shooting or an issue where the, the house has major damage or God forbid burns down, why do you think so much of that happens before we go into the how to avoid that? I, I mean, I'm, I might get some tomatoes thrown at me during this, but a lot of it goes into the operator, yeah. the person responsible. Um, you know, that you'd be surprised. You've got you can't be asleep at the wheel. You've got to be very involved. So, I think that a lot of those things could be avoided um, in the in the way that you run your property as a business. Uh, so, so I think you know, we tell people every day, don't be scared. Like this is the, it's an amazing, amazing platform. So it's, this whole industry is built on trust. Yep. So, uh, and, and we believe that, but I think taking ownership of why things like this could potentially happen at your property and, and taking a step back and understanding there's so much that goes into it before that guest even checks in that could help, um, prohibit that from happening. And I think I'm just going to harp on that just a little bit more of taking ownership because we give a lot of tough love over in our thanks for visiting world of it. It's no one else's fault, but yours. And once you take ownership, once you become the true CEO, CFO of your business, that's when magic can happen. And you start saying, no, this is what I could have done. Here are the SOPs I could have put in place to avoid that. And if I can't avoid it, like my, my shooting example at the beginning, let that happen to block away and these bullets ricochet, but like, what, what is the protocol then next time? And how can I share that with my community so that we can be ahead of things like that? So really just taking ownership, not pointing your fingers at Airbnb or VRBO or your owner or your guest, really just how can I own this and make it better next time is where you're going to start to just rest easy and just be the uh, rockstar host. Sounds like you've read extreme ownership. I haven't, but I should. You haven't? Oh my gosh. No, well, then but you, I'm going to write that down. Then you, wrote, then you wrote that book without even knowing because that's, that's <laughs> the whole, uh, it looks like Annette maybe has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Screen okay. Ownership is a great, great book. Um, so I, it reiterates everything you just said there, Sarah. Um, oh. I love it. So how are you now? All right, this situation happens. I'm sure you both have had those situations, whether it was the gunshot or it was something else where you're like, I need to tighten up some things to make it better. What are some of the common things that you both have done to start to eliminate some of these situations? 
I'm going to say this also being very honest about your property guest count Mm. and what it can truly withstand, not just the home, but the neighborhood, the building, what's the capacity of the home. I see a lot of people get in trouble because they're trying to put too many people in a space that should not have that many people. So right there, just being very honest about how many guests your home can accommodate. I think that's going to help you alleviate some, a lot of these situations because either a wear and tear B the neighbor seeing so many people going in and out. So we are very anti heads and beds. Mm. So, um, we like to be very on point with how many guests and I've actually gone a lot lower sometimes on, you know, I could fit more people. I could have that pull out couch. I could put two queen beds, stuff like that. But just like, we're like, what's the long term? You got to be in this for the long term. And maybe the nightly rate might not be as high, but I know over time, there's going to be, it's going to be a better, uh, a better experience for everyone involved. And we think about everyone in these spaces. We always think about the community. We think about the, the direct neighbor. We think about the guests too, and setting the correct guest expectation are, are jamming 16 people in this two bedroom. Is that going to be a good experience for them? Yeah. And other nightmares too, that not just the guest nightmare, right. And the things that can happen with the guest is the nightmares of, like you said, the house burning down. Yeah, That's a lot of conversations that weren't happening. At least when we, you know, started speaking up is safety. What are international building codes? If you're going to operate a property, you better know what is, you know, what the distance between the mattress and the top of the bunk bed railing, you better know when you need to have a handrail with how many steps, like you have a responsibility for that asset, for the owner or your own property. And for that guest safety, because guests show up and they think it's safe, right? Like there aren't these commercial regulations on these, and these units, less than four units per building or a single family home. But it's, that does not mean that if something were to happen, they're going to look at you as an operator, you know, not knowing or not looking it up is not going to be an excuse. So, um, taking responsibility and just knowing how to protect the home and the guests in the home is another way to help you. Again, things can still happen, but if you can just be on top of it and have a preventative maintenance program in place, that's also a great way to not have a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> and that is actually a really good uh, segue to this question from Claire. She says, I'm looking for a safety inspection checklist mm. that my handyman and inspector go through in our homes on a monthly basis to make sure the home is safe, clean, and ready for for guests. So any recommendations yes. on, um, is, is that something that you guys have in your, in your education as well? well absolutely. But we have, a, a, a software that we use that we love. We've been using it for years now. I don't know, Kyle, if you use it, but it's called breezeway. I've, um, I've heard of it. I haven't used it though. Okay. Well, I will never do, use anything else. I've used other platforms that help uh, trust but verify my turnover inspection team and my and my turnover team, the cleaners, but it also has a safety component. They have a whole safety department at Breezeway. Nice. And if you get your property safety certified, if you have um, certain insurance partners, you can get a discount for either your owner or yourself um, on your your insurance rates, which is also awesome. But um yeah. So the check and they give you those safety checklists inside there. It's like, why reinvent the wheel? Cause mm-hmm. they're, they're actually pretty great. But, mm. um, yeah, this, that is something we, we were going to, um, this is a great question, Claire, but we were going to actually talk about this again, avoiding those nightmare on Elm street, um, situations also is something like breezeway when our turnover team and inspector 
you should always have an inspector because this inspector that's walking through before the guest checks in, if you have a guest claim that, you know, that, that this wasn't clean or something was broken before they check in, we use the breezeway app. We take pictures of certain things before they check in. Mm -hmm. We have all of that data there. That way we know that the cleaning team did their excellent job that they almost always do. We have someone walking through checking all of the safety features We in a, on the breezeway app. They're going through actually checking them off. Did this did you check for, you know, the smoke alarms? Did you double check the fire extinguishers that when you have that there, that is going to help you. Um, if there's ever, if there's something that's damaged, if something was broken, having that proof that things were taken care of. And the excellent thing too, Claire, I want you to know with these safety inspections, a lot of times you can get a, I know proper insurance, you can get a discount on your insurance if you are safety certified. So these are things that also would really just be great for, for those purposes too. But yes, it's, it's a property like management, but also home care. And you can catalog all that stuff. Like when was the last time I changed my filters? What is the, what is the make and model of my refrigerator? It can all be, you know, right there on the app for you. That's awesome. And you just answered Gabriel's question. Gabriel said, what insurance companies do you recommend for SCR? Proper insurance is definitely the, the, the Cadillac, the Porsche of, uh, of SCR mm -hmm. insurance. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Proper dot insure Gabriel is the name of that one. That's all. It's not proper.com. It's proper dot insure. That threw me off the first time. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about it. Cause you, you brought up something that's really interesting to me. A nightmare on Elm street kind of situation doesn't have to be a guest creating an issue. It can be the fact that your team didn't do their job, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, recently um, we had a situation where um, a guest was saying, hey, the, the pool pump did not work. And we didn't have the right processes in place to say, well, was that a guest issue or was that did our cleaner accidentally do that? Did our pool guy accidentally do that? So I think you bring up a really good point where I mean, it's not just about putting your house up on Airbnb and figuring out how to who to accept, who not to accept, but there's so many systems that go along with making sure that you have that check, but verify uh, opportunity with your team. Um, what's maybe one way that you find that you do something that not a lot of operators do that you can teach us today? An inspector. Oh yeah. Easy. I think a lot of people are blown away. I mean, I think it's, hopefully it's a little bit of us harping on it, but the, the, the role of the inspector um, is we've been doing it for a long time. I mean, back hotels do it and they, and they have for a long yeah. time. So it's nothing we've invented and it's not a babysitter for the cleaning team. You also make that very clear. The cleaning team shows up and they've got a, a mountain to climb, right? Yeah. So the inspector can also be viewed as a detailer and also the safety inspectors, right? So they've got a much, they've got a different checklist. And so now you're not putting your business on the shoulders of professional cleaners, they're not necessarily the people who are going to make sure that your, your place is stocked or that the remote control works or that the fire extinguisher wasn't used and then put back, you know what I mean? So that the next guest goes to get, and it's not just because it's never happened. Doesn't mean it never will. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you're checked into reality there, but so the role of the inspector for us, especially in our community, um, has set our hosting management company apart from others. Um, our owners are like, wait, so you have someone come and check it between every clean and every guest arrival. Absolutely. Because there's just so many things within a home. Our homes are snowflakes. The guests are snowflakes. My owners are snowflakes. And so I've got to make sure that these are all jiving um, well together so we can all make money. I love it. That's, that is really good. Um, how many properties 
are in both of your portfolios? So we have 36 doors and within mm. those doors, we have a mixture of vacation rentals, Metro rentals, some of them we own, and then some of them we, we professionally manage for others. We don't do any arbitrage, but we do property management for, for other okay. owners. So 36 is not a small amount. It, we must be talking about multiple inspectors. I'm assuming it's not just mm -hmm. one person. Okay. And that's the thing too, that I think now if people, if people, okay, now they're adding the inspector, but now they might burn out their inspector, right? Because mm -hmm. they're like, okay, I got this person. I got to squeeze them out for all. The hosting burnout is real. You guys, we're open 24, seven, 365. You got to give these people a break, yep. you know? So letting them have days off where they're not getting dinged and called and people yelling at them or like, even if they did nothing wrong. We all know in hospitality, like it is hard to please some people. So, um, yeah, uh, we have more than one. <laughs> and yeah. I will say, I, I want to be clear on this to give people visibility. We are in a very tight, like five mile radius, mm -hmm. but we have been intentional about that yeah. um, and built the business that way. So we could have these systems and in, in, in processes in place. So we do want to let everybody know, you know, we know some people are in different markets where it might take an hour to get from one property to the next. So we do want to let you know, we are in a very, very tight area and our, even our traffic here, we, we know how quick we can get to these houses and we, some of them, which this is a hosting hot tip. If you can buy something that's multifamily and have four doors under one mm. roof and it makes, it makes things a lot easier because you have the same refrigerator, the same stove, <laughs> the same type of lock. So that's something we do want to be very, very honest in that, that, you know, we have that tight like that. I, I think that's a good point too. And, and by the way, guys, seeing your questions, please keep on posting questions. We're going to ask Annette and Sarah, all the questions that are posted here in the group. Um, I think that's a really good point because especially in the beginning, if we are co-hosting and arbitraging, we just get excited about a deal, right? We get mm -hmm. excited that, oh my gosh, I live in California, but my friend in Columbus, Ohio just told me they want me to host their house. And we don't remember that, or we don't even consider the fact that like, hey, how much control or how much uh, of a pulse am I going to be able to really have on how things are going five, six, seven states away. Um, now, some people have been able to do a really good job of it, but I'm really more in the, the same mode as you is if you can start in your own backyard, great, start there. If you can't, at least try to figure out how to do it maybe as a room in your own house and then go to a different market and build your team over there. But I think there's so much power to discuss about having a team in one area, figuring out that area, and then kind of deciding from there. Um, why do you, it, it sounds like you're on the same page as me. Why do you think that um, at least focusing all of your attention in the beginning in one market is so important? For me, and this is my big beef with these bigger companies is mm -hmm. like, listen, love the technology. I love that you're trying to solve all my problems as an operator with an app. At the end of the day, this business is built on the backs of people who need to have their hands on these houses. And so if you're going to not take in consideration the amount of support, human support you're going to need in these homes and the level of quality that you, I'm hoping you want to have, especially if you're part of Kyle's Facebook group um, and listening to his podcast, you care, right? You're showing up because you care. So um, taking that into consideration that they have not yet figured out how to have robots clean toilets yet. So um, if you're going to go to another market, just what is that going to mean for you? And have you really mastered putting the right people in the right seats in your business? Mm -hmm. And if you haven't become the expert at that yet, 
just chill mode. You know what I mean? Grow a successful, grow some SOPs, build a handbook, build out systems, and then learn how to be a great person at hiring people. Because if you hire the wrong person for the wrong seat, it's going to be a disaster, which disaster is okay. Feeling, failing fast and failing forward is awesome. But do you really want to do it several States away? You know, like, is that where, is that the kind of, you know, stress you want at this time? If it is, you know, luck. But that, that for me, it's, it's the human aspect of it. And I really want to make sure that I'm taking care of the industry for, so we all can have an amazing ecosystem, mm. um, an industry to, to share. And, uh, for me, that's making sure that the quality of the stay is there and that's in the backs of um, professionals and it's, it's the labor market's tough right now. So I'm just very cautious about that. Yeah. But I have shiny object syndrome and I want to get all the technologies Mm-hmm. So. No, we and trust me. We, we, we know it's hard. Like we, we get, we have people we've been intentional of like not wanting to grow our portfolio right now. Cause we have other things that we are focusing on together, our personal portfolio. And like, we tell people no every day and trust us. It's hard. Some of them are easy no's because they're properties that we were not interested in, but some of them are gorgeous and they have a lot of potential, but Sarah and I have been uh, over the years that we've been working together, we have to keep whittling down like our why and not just our why, but what our long-term goals are and how does every single thing that we do fit in there. And I, I want to say this, that uh, just a nightmare. I don't want um, the people that are listening to get into hosts also are terrible at tracking their time. Mm, okay. So I think it's probably the number one thing, uh, we ha- inside our group, it is a line item, um, that we make them like, you have to fill out how much time you're spending on this because everybody's like, Oh, it's only five minutes on the app and it's only 10 minutes here. And it's, and it's like, they're not adding yeah. up their time. So if that is something that we can offer to you today, please, please start tracking your time because your nightly rate should reflect that your, the way that you hire your team should reflect that. And man, your time is so valuable. So we just want to make sure that if hosting is right for you, that's another thing that we find. Like a lot of people are like, are you really making money? You're not taking into account any of the time that you're spending <laughs> doing this. So we want to encourage everybody start tracking your time. And, and because there's a lot of time involved in, in the property. I remember going back, mm, might've been a year, a little over a year ago. I was encouraged to do a time study and I was, I was over here saying like, oh yeah, I'm working three to five hours in my business. And then I did a time study and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm literally just to fill in time doing things that I should be hiring my team to do. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, out of obsessive compulsion, like I needed every single price labs dollar and rule to be exactly to my liking. And even though it didn't seem like a lot, cause I really enjoyed that. I was like, I'm literally spending an hour on this per day, not to mention checking in with my team, not to mention just because I like seeing reports, looking at that for another hour. I'm like, I'm working like two or three hours a day on this, but it was stuff that I, I really enjoyed. So it just didn't feel like work, but it, it made me realize like, holy cow, I could be spending time on pouring into my team on uh, growing the business, on creating better systems, on helping equip my team with better things rather than just doing these in the business tasks. And now I'm looking at it and my team is starting to share like, hey, the last month we had some burnout and now I'm going to have them do that time study because we're already hearing things like, oh yeah, I'm responding to guest communication way too much. Whoa, that's why we hired VAs. Why are you responding to that so much? And and we're starting to see these little things. It's like, it feels easy. It feels right at the time. But when you stop and actually think about it, it's like, no, 
this is why I'm getting burnout is because I'm just doing things that are in front of me rather than focusing on, on what's actually important. So well, I love that you brought that up. We, um, Sarah and I have our two. So Sarah wears a busy badge. She's very proud of the busy work I'm that busy. she did. I wear a busy blanket. It's very cozy. And it's the things I know how to do. They're super easy for me, but we know like I have to get out of underneath my busy blanket. She has to take off her busy badge and we have to focus on the things that are going to grow our business. Uh, be like you said, grow our team and, and be best for our clients, our guests, all that. So we totally like, so also we know that you're out there wearing your busy blankets and busy badges. So it's, you really got to focus on where you want to go. Cause they're not gonna, that's not going to get you there, even though it feel, it feels nice. And you know, those are the tasks we know how to do and we can crank them out or we might even enjoy them, but it is, right. is it really moving the needle? Right. Absolutely. Okay. We got a few questions here that I want to share. It. Um, Brooke, I see your question. Tiffany, I see your question. Uh, those are going to be some more operational things that we'll get to in a second here, but Stephanie has a really interesting situation. So stick with me on this. My son has severe allergies, so I do not allow smoking or pets in our lake homes. I do use a short-term rental lease, but I'm wondering what you recommend as a penalty fee for people who do not follow the house rules. I have seen many different leases and have adopted and evidence of smoking, or pets after the stay will result in a deposit and an additional fee of a thousand dollars. But I really want to deter people from breaking these rules and not come to the property at all. Uh, what are your thoughts? My first thought is, do they understand why the rules in place? Mm. Like if we remember that we're not, this is where we want to know that we're not hotels and they're real humans behind these homes. And it's a family, mm -hmm. maybe telling that story more quickly and concisely of why the rules in place. And that might deter people mm -hmm. from breaking the rule. Also, um, a couple of like technology tools. I don't know if, um, you know, again, this depends on your insurance. It depends on your location. So I'm just going to put that little warning out there, you know, just having like an exterior camera. I mean, if you're seeing a pet being brought into the home, you can maybe stop that before it even gets that far. Um, and then I know I haven't tested it yet. So, but I do want to offer this to you. I know there are devices out there. One of them I think is like Sensi or something like that, where can that can detect smoke. Mm. So I would look into that because that is something also you could put in your listing is like, Hey, I want to let you know, I have devices, exterior camera, and also, um, you know, a, a device in the home that can detect smoking, just letting them know that there, um, might deter that because so, it has a big impact on my family. And, yeah. And explaining know. that. And then my son has allergies. This is why we're, these are house rules of ours and we hope that you would respect them. But, uh, again, trust, but verify, put that out there. Maybe make sure when you send your message in the beginning, just want to confirm there are no pets, no smoking. My son has a severe allergy. Just want to make sure you understand that. So yeah. just communication there. Hope that helps. Awesome. And Nikita adds, I've heard of fresh air, but haven't used it. Um, Stephanie, thanks you so much for the suggestions. One other thing that I'll add for you, Stephanie, is um, if you have it in your house rules, make sure that that's one of the steps the guest has to take before actually getting approved for the stay is you need to approve the house rules. And in that, just like what Sarah said, I really like that idea. No smoking, no pets because my son has severe allergies and we use the house as well, something like that. And just putting that fee, uh, I think can make a big difference. So mm -hmm. great, great ideas there from both of you. Okay. Um, a little more just, uh, general operational, uh, questions here. Um, one from Brooke, I have two lake homes. I recently purchased kayaks for the guests. Should I just consider that to be part of the rental rate or should those be an additional fee? 
I guess you, you is, put a lot of things into this, right? Like hot tub and kayaks uh, yes. and all these different things, right? Well, we're going to have a response that she didn't ask for, but it's like, are you legally set up to offer the kayaks? Ooh. That's a lot of thing that people don't take in consideration is what are the, what's the liability? I mean, there are companies that just do kayak rentals. And the reason is, is because they are set up to legally offer it. So obviously we're not, you know, we're not lawyers, but really take into consideration. Like if you're, if you can take on that liability, talk to your insurer and also talk to your lawyer and make sure you have the right waiver in place. And yeah. that sometimes you have to make sure to really protect yourself. Now I, I do know this too, that if you have like a hot tub at this point, a hot tub is, um, there's a known risk, right? Mm -hmm. So if anyone would ever like slip and fall or on the hot tub or like some, it's likely as long as someone signed a, a, a waiver, a release waiver that you'll be all right. But again, just make sure before you look at the money component, because what, what will you lose if there's a lawsuit? And, and yeah. if you have any of these things like kayaks, bicycles, you know, pool toys, things like that, they are a huge liability because here's the deal. Those do need to be checked before every single guest. What if there was a hole punctured in the kayak, they went over rocks or something in the next. So huge liability. We know it also, there's potential to, to make money there, but we would, we have to let you know, you do need to, to check on all of that. And so make sure your inspector checklist, if you do offer it and you're like, no ladies, I talked to my lawyer. I'm insured for it. Just make sure your inspection between guest stays that that's on there and that your, your inspector does that maybe proof of with a photo or something like that. Cause those are time stamps and all that kind of good stuff. Um, just to give you like a little, like, Hey, no, I did this. Like we were mm -hmm. on top of our stuff. Yeah. For sure. I love how you just tied that back to a potential nightmare on Elm street situation. Uh, so if, if you did, if you did have all those things in place, would you do a, an extra rate or would you oh, okay. gotcha. put it in? We just like to, Ooh, um, I think you have to play with it. Yeah, I we like so we would do a lot of analysis. Um, what was the person's name that asked the question? Uh, this was Brooke. Brooke. So this is something where we would look at our competitors. Um, is this a way that you could stand out and get that um, get that booking? We would take a look at the market around. Uh, we would hopefully you know your numbers and what you bought the kayaks for and what kind of return you were anticipating to get on them. Um, it's also something you know you could test it. You could charge for them and see if that works. And then if, you know, you could also experiment and not, and just maybe put that in your listing. So we would do a couple of different things with it most likely and test it both ways and see what works. But again, I would first start with market research and um, competition. And I would just add on to that is to be careful that you are writing these data points down. Right. It's not enough to feel like you're making more money. Mm -hmm. Right. Are you making more money? Right. Mm -hmm. Or is and is money related into like occupancy rates or your ADR? So just make sure that's another thing too that as hosts, sometimes we like to like not do that. And we, we get that for all the time. It's like, well, I feel like it won't work, or I feel like I make more money this way. Well, where's the data? Mm -hmm. Data yeah. over drama. So make sure you're writing it down. Ooh, I like that data over drama. Uh, one way that we did this, so we have a, a bass lake, uh, it's a lake property. Uh, and we have a boat slip and we say, well, do we charge extra for the boat slip or do we just ingrain it into the price? And we looked at the, all the neighboring properties that had boat slips and none of them were charging extra. It was just part of the nightly price. But then we had an issue with people losing the card and that was costing us 75 bucks every time someone lost the card. So what we did is we ingrained it in the price. We, but we said, are you going to use the boat slip? If you are, you have to sign a waiver and you have to send us a refundable deposit of, we've actually mm -hmm. done $300 because we want mm -hmm. to put that fear in them of right. that card. So 
fearful <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Putting fear in the, the heart of everyone. Oh, um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so Brooke, that's another option, but great question. And then a uh, very simple question from Tiffany, who actually was on our podcast uh, a couple of years ago. What dynamic pricing do you use and how do you fill in gaps during slow months? So Ooh. do you have, I know Columbus maybe has a slow month or two in there. We do. Yeah. Oh God. Um, but we were prepared for it. Cause again, we look at our, we look at our business holistically. So it's not, try not to get too siloed month to month. Understanding right. your whole picture is best. We like price labs. Um, it's Same. not as pretty as the other, their competitors, but, um, I do like what they, uh, the data that they can give you, which is really nice. And then, um, we haven't started using this yet, but a little hot tip. This is a hot tip. Um, and again, we, we are obsessed with breezeway, so I'm just going to put that out there, but they have a messaging component to their, um, their software and they will detect orphan nights and automatically Ooh. send the guest. Hey, do you want to come early? Hey, do you want to stay an extra Ooh. day? Without me, yeah. even having to hot, think about hot it. tip. Get those mm. gap nights booked. You, you like, can do that. Breezeway is doing that. Breezeway mm-hmm. is doing that. Yeah, wow. it is. And I hopefully every listener you have light bulbs going off because this isn't even something you have to have an app for. Like you no. can start doing this. Hey, I yeah. you know we notice manually. We're looking at our calendar. You're booked, and we have this the the night before you check in or the night after. Like you know, hey, we'd like to offer it to you at a. Re- a reduced rate. And so, you know, you might not want to do that with every, you might want to get a feel for the client first, but that gap night messaging is huge. So, um, be just thinking ahead, uh, and, and looking at your calendar. We, we have done that manually starting a few months back and it made all the difference. And I'm blown away that there's something that can do that automatically. So that, yeah. that is exciting. Thank you for sharing that. All yeah. right. We got time for two quick questions here and they're going to come from Rebecca and Jeremy. Let's do it. Uh, Rebecca says, do you have any recommendations or market research companies uh, on just basically return on investment data? That is, I mean, Um, aside from AirDNA, what do you think? Yeah, we, this is a brand new product. So we're just gonna put this out there, but we had a a call with the founder and it seems to be lovely. It is STR Insights. Please look at that. Uh, I would offer, normally we would say AirDNA, but we'll say AirDNA and STR Insights. Look at, look at that program also. Yep. And that's with Kenny. I have a call with him next week. So awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, Jeremy says, hi, ladies. I'm the guy that set the Stayfy Wi-Fi password to thanks for visiting. Oh, you know. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yes. <laughs> that made our, that made, we still, everyone can do that. Please. Thanks for visiting. Please feel free to steal Jeremy's idea. There we go. Uh, he says, do you have any properties with hot tubs? Do you recommend having a hot tub? Um, if the data shows more income, is it worth all the maintenance? Yes. The answer is yes. Yep. On all mm-hmm. fronts. Yeah. So there's markets where like ha- not having it is like not having a bathroom. Like you have to have it. Like you just do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's other markets. Like we've got one downtown Columbus and it is the only in a, you know, a three or four block radius. We're the only ones that have it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it shows in the numbers. So yep. it is worth it. Yep. But I would highly recommend outsourcing the yeah. have a plan for it though. Like, and, and this is, this is our other words of wisdom. It's not this whole nightmare on Elm street. It's not, if it's when all the things are going to happen. Um, so it, it's not, if it's when it's what makes it, fun. yeah, it is what makes it fun. So when you have that mentality of it's not, if it's when this happens, what is my, what is my plan going to be? So, uh, that's the, that's Get the hot tub. Yep. Jeremy. 
Awesome. You two are a ton of fun. Thank you so much. Um, how can people get connected with you? Obviously, they need to go and start subscribing and listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. But how? Yes. Yes. So thanks for visiting uh, anywhere you get your podcast. We are on YouTube. We just started that. So that's at YouTube and then forward slash thanks for visiting. We offer a free workshop every month. So please come and join us for that. That is thanks for visiting.me forward slash workshop. And on Instagram, we are at thanks for visiting underscore. So come hang out, DM us, let us know that you um, found us through Kyle. Uh, we would love that. Awesome. Thank you both, Sarah and Annette, for helping our audience to conquer the world of Airbnb and short-term rentals today. You two are awesome. Yeah, let's level it up. Thank you. Show notes for this one, fearlesskyle.com forward slash thanks for visiting. Simple as that. So Sarah and Annette have an amazing podcast. You heard the YouTube channel. They got the Instagram page. Go follow them. Go start learning how to be a better operator. And Again, take it as a responsibility, right? It's it's not just something that we are looking to make money on. It's something that if you are doing this the right way and you're trying to build a business, you have to be the best in your market and you have to collaborate with the best and help make other people in your market better as well so that you can protect the integrity of this industry. That's it today for the Fearless Investor Podcast. Go out there and conquer the world of Airbnb and short-term rental. <laughs>